y'all. My name is Tyler Maiden, and I'm an artist living in New Orleans. And I'm Michelle Eves, a writer living in Roanoke, Virginia. And this is Gallery Girl Radio, a podcast brought to you by creatives for creatives. It's a platform developed to give those with a purpose and a voice a place to do so. So be sure to like and subscribe for more creative content. Here. Oh my god, hi. Oh, hello. Hello. Welcome back to recording. Mm-mm-mm. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah, you know, just, I mean, it's just I, a good I, day. It feels like it's been a month. It's literally only been, what, a week? Yeah. Yeah, my mom was talking to me about that the other day because I drove for the first time um, today because um, I couldn't drive while I was on pain medication. And I was just like, can I just like ride to Target with you or something? I'm so bored. I'm just so tired of being in the house. And my mom was like, it's been three days. <laughs> like, she's like, you've literally been in the house for three days. And I was like, oh, because it definitely feels like two weeks at this point. Yeah, you're you're definitely a and I say this with love, you're definitely a busy body. Like your your body stays moving <laughs> Yeah. And it's not even that I'm like, you know, out doing a million things. No, yeah, you know, you're very corona corona is still mm-hmm. happening. I'm just always like dropping stuff off at the post office and running to get more supplies and working all day or painting all day. So to like force me to actually stay in bed which i mean it was nice it was nice to take a nap but you know so but by day two i was like ready to go do you feel comfortable sharing what happened like oh yeah yeah because i keep forgetting that like not everybody knows because people keep thinking i have corona but what happened was i had appendicitis not coronavirus that's so Um, It really is. And like, the funny thing is, is I knew immediately what was wrong. Like, um, I had a really sharp, like, pain in the lower, like, right side of my stomach. And I remember telling my mom that I had to go to the emergency room. And of course, with everything going on, they're like, you have to go by yourself. And I was like, really upset that I had to go by myself. But you know, I powered through it and I get there and I'm telling the doctor what's wrong and everybody's you know everybody comes in they're like so what's wrong so what's wrong every person I'm like I have appendicitis I have appendicitis my appendix hurts like I I'm telling everybody they're asking me a million questions I'm giving them the same answer (laughs) and my doctor is like well I'm just gonna run some tests and I just want to make sure we're gonna give you a cat scan and I was like "Mm, it's gonna tell you I have appendicitis because I have like I'm telling you (laughs) you don't have to run any tests besides the one that would tell you that I have appendicitis and you know they do all these freaking tests I'm in the emergency room probably from I got there at like 6 or 7 a.m and they actually told me I had appendicitis after taking all these tests and doing cat scans and stuff they actually told me at like 10 or 11 and the lady finally came downstairs and she was like well you have appendicitis I was like oh wow great awesome 
And my nurse was like, wow, you were like spot on. Do you like want a job or something? You trying to be a doctor? I was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I just, you know how when you just know that something is just like not right, that's how, that's how it was. Because it wasn't just like a normal like stomach ache or like cramps or anything like that. It was like, it was terrible. So thankfully I caught it before my appendix actually ruptured. So it was kind of like an emergency surgery thing. They took it out just to be, you know, precautious because obviously there's a high risk of its rupturing and I was in a lot of pain. So I ended up having surgery that same day and I've been on bed rest ever since. That was about a week ago. Um, Yeah, my mom, I will only stay in the hospital for like one night, like overnight. And then I came home and I had to be on bed rest for like a week. So I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't stand for like long periods of time. I was on pain medication. So obviously I couldn't drive on that or anything. And uh, that's why we didn't record the episode last week. And I had to like take a step back from everything, which was really hard. I still like answered emails and stuff, but I tried not to do any type of work but it was really hard not to do anything especially with everything going on right now so I'm just really glad to be back to work (laughs) yeah after all that can't imagine it also probably was like I mean did it cross your mind all of the the uh Twitter coverage it has been happening lately there's the spotlight on black women in the medical um area being kind of just like I mean you literally just gave us an example of that like you knew what was wrong with you you told them what was wrong with you they weren't taking that they were checking all the boxes which respect we don't know what it's like because we don't have those degrees we don't know what they're supposed to look for but it sounds like you literally went in there knowing what was wrong told them and they wasted precious time Mm -hmm. looking like ignoring you looking over and stuff like did you think at any point like oh shit this is what they be tweeting about like yeah especially when I was sitting like that whole time I was sitting in the emergency room from the time I got there until 11 I had no type of pain medication so I was laying there in pain while they were taking all of my blood doing a freaking pelvic exam which any girl knows is not comfortable on a normal day let alone when you're in like honestly on a scale of 1 to 10 and I think I have a pretty high pain tolerance that pain was like a nine and obviously I have not given birth yet but like it was not that whole situation was just not fun and if you've ever had appendicitis I'm sure you know exactly what pain I'm talking about but yeah that whole time I was just like in terrible pain I mean I had uh black female nurses a lot of a lot of my nurses nurses were like black females so that made me feel a little bit more comfortable but um it let's just, yeah it definitely did like cross my cross my mind because it was like I had to say something like about three or four times before somebody actually listened to what I was saying instead of just being like oh she's just like just dismissing me I had to say it at least three times. yeah that sounds pretty terrifying especially going through that experience alone and having to so you had to answer like insurance questions and stuff then too by yourself I mean and it sucks because yeah. I know that there are people who could listen to this and be like, oh, well, she had to be a grown-up. That sucks. It's like, no, that's actually terrifying to be a woman in a, in a medical situation right now in the middle of a pandemic by yourself. You've never had to do something like that. It sounds immensely painful. Um, it just sounds really scary, actually. Like, I'm so glad you're 
you're okay little trooper little little captain <laughs> yeah it was like honestly it was like a lot it was really overwhelming at the time especially because like even though i lived in new orleans for nine months like i don't have like a primary care physician now like it was everything about it was just new and uncomfortable and then the fact that how the hospitals are in general right now everything's all like separated and boxed up and I don't know it was just really uncomfortable and I'm just glad that it's over and I'm just glad that I'm okay okay really yeah um you said they had a tube down your throat when you did this when you had, no. oh yeah for not um when I was in surgery because honestly that was the first time I've ever had surgery besides getting my wisdom teeth taken out so mm-hmm. <laughs> They did the whole... That's a big jump. That's like going from like a a sports bra to Victoria's Secret in like a second. So, Yeah, Yeah. but I don't know. The doctors seem very... seem like they just take appendixes out all day. They're just like, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to take your appendix out and then we're going to sew you up and then you're going to lay down for a week and you're going to be fine. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then like the... It's, I remember as soon as my surgery was done, I was like, oh, this, like, hurts still. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm still, like, very uncomfortable. What's it like to know a piece of you is literally missing now? Okay, why are you making it? <laughs> <laughs> I just, the thought crossed. I had to ask. I'm just um, kidding. Uh, no, like, it is. I mean, it kind of is, but I don't need it. It's like what is comforting because my mom was like telling my grandma what was supposed to go on because we were going to go visit my family in Shreveport that day so I could get my car but we couldn't obviously because I was in the hospital so they told my grandma what's wrong because she was like oh my god did they have to take it out they had to take the appendix out (laughs) is he sure she doesn't need it oh my goodness (laughs) wow is he sure she doesn't need dang and my mom was like yeah the doctor is sure (laughs) the degree the degree agrees oh wow that's crazy oh wow but um i'm i'm stuck on the fact that you don't need your appendix i feel not to get too deep here but that seems so like metaphorical like you went in there alone scared you left with something you didn't quite need a little less pain still in pain Okay, sorry. We're just having so many technical difficulties today. We are, but we're going to get through it. We, um, we I kept talking and it was fine. So we have a good 10 minute head start. So. Okay. Because I was going to say that only you can make a situation like that sound all poetic and spiritual. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is, I, I mean, but if you think about it, like you, it is it sounds like such a traumatic experience and i was thinking about it a lot i remember when you sent me the very casual text that you were gonna go into surgery you're like yeah uh i'm going to the er can't record bitch i don't care if you can't record like are you okay <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> you're just so nonchalant um and I, was, I, I really this. wasn't nonchalant but in my head i was like oh i can't record like it was <laughs> My first thing wasn't like, oh, I gotta tell everybody I'm getting surgery. I was like, oh, I can't do things. <laughs> you want it? Yeah, I, I get it. I, ugh. I, but yeah, no, when you went into that situation, my first thought was all the horror stories of how um, black women are treated in the medical field and 
um yeah I just I was really worried about that I was worried for you I'm really glad that you had the comforting um embrace of you know african-american nurses that sounds really good sucks if they still weren't listening but i get that they have to again we don't know what it's what they're required to do and what they're like you know um and everything like that but i'm glad you're okay i'm glad you're back and hopefully neither of us have to have an emergency surgery anytime soon amen amen (laughs) amen that's that on that period but uh, I had something cut off too. My hair on a more vapid note. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks so good. Thank I love you. It. I've wanted this um, since I saw the movie I Can Do Battle by Myself. I wanted <laughs> I wanted this hair since middle school. Um, well, and then a I, classic. Yeah, I did a big chop last year, last summer, around the same time actually. And then I proceeded to like bleach it and dye it a bunch and it just kind of defeated the purpose. And um, this time around, I was like, you know what? I love these braids, but they're already kind of coming out. I feel a little weighed down. I need something radical. So I cut my hair. And then a couple days later, you got cut up yourself. And yeah. So the lesson of Gallery Girl is to you need to cut it and listen to your body. Respect your intuition. Um, yeah. Exactly. exactly. I agree with all of those points. <laughs> Um, so like art wise, since you've been out of, uh, out of commission, how are your commissions looking now? Like, are you, I saw that you're opening back up, um, the orders, you're refilling orders for the, the channel orange. Yes. I'm restocking my whole entire website, August 17th. I'm coming out. I ordered new, like, um, well, I got these new products manufactured sound all fancy or whatever but it's like i have keychains i have stickers now i have the song plaques of course i figured out a way to offer customs without um overwhelming myself because i feel like that's very easy to do because i feel like sometimes people don't really understand how long it takes to do anything custom no matter if it looks super simple like if you already have a system kind of set up to make things pre-produce things and you want to come in and disrupt it so you can have one special thing that's automatically going to be more expensive and take a lot more time but nobody really understands that they just want to get for their boyfriend or girlfriend you know what i'm saying yeah. so so but i figured out a way to do that all that information would be up on august 17th if you're interested follow um my instagram at tyla made it or my twitter at tyla made it my business instagram and my business twitter are the places that i update about business things so like if you come to my personal instagram or my personal twitter i might not answer the message i'm not gonna lie so (laughs) (laughs) just because i have notifications off for those um accounts now because it's just a lot going on over there so i don't really um because i've been tweeting a lot on bed rest and it's been fun but I gotta cut that out when I get back to it. <laughs> yeah, I um that's so exciting. I'm really excited for you. Also the keychains. I'm interested to see what that's about. You know I love me a good keychain. Oh, well, that's good to know. I'm gonna mm-hmm. write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas the, is next. Yeah. Um, put you on the PR list. Yeah, let me know. You know I love a good little promo. Um 
uh what else did i want to talk i love the thing i love about this is like it really is just about like catching up on the world and then also like offering like a new perspective oh speaking of new perspective and the world have you done any research on the portland moms like have you looked into that so honestly the only things that i have seen about it has been what comes across my timeline on twitter and surprisingly i've seen a lot of videos on it on tiktok and it's been like from the front lines like the videos on twitter mostly i've seen are the ones that people take like from the news and just re-upload to twitter but like tiktok has had like the most what i would say accurate um version of what's going on from what i can see but i but that's the only thing i've like seen is those few tiktok videos and those few tweets well, I mean, like, you've probably just, I mean, it is a visual thing, um, but essentially it's like a group of moms in Portland came together and were like, you're not going to fuck up a mom, bruh. And they kind of got their little uniform of like wearing yellow and Portland has been going wild and rampant with uh, the protest in a good way, the best way possible there. Excuse me, they're persistent. Portland is persistent and um, they have been like marching up to the mayor's office like his house and stuff and being like yo get your shit together or get wrecked and they've become actually like known as the master class for how to defend yourself against tear gas in that area for mm-hmm. protesters um but the moms are essentially banding together kind of trying to be like the the forefront of the peace profit movement and um i think it's really interesting because everything i've seen about it has been violence done against the mothers regardless of them being peaceful protesting mothers um Mm -hmm. it doesn't really seem to matter to the boys in blue uh they kind of see it as they see it as propaganda the the women Mm -hmm. who are coming forward and saying hey like we're protecting these children because even if they're not our children they're someone's child and we should be protecting them as well they see it as Oh, you're trying to be a trend, which I think we have to accept and admit the fact that like things like this, they are trends, but they are trends that are created because we live in a very trendy time of the world in which you have to do something that gets somebody's attention for them to have a conversation about it. And it's a very unfortunate, ugly truth, but it is a truth and it's very sad, but it's also very good when these women are working with the propaganda of protection and that is exactly mm-hmm. what the law enforcement offices have been doing for for centuries now in america is we are an establishment brought to you by your government to help you and to protect you they're just essentially using the same message we are an establishment brought to you by the people to protect you like the women the moms are and maybe i'm giving mm-hmm. them too much of a layer of depth here but i just feel like it's very commendable that they're kind of approaching a uniform with a uniform and they're doing it with reformed karens that's the best part to yeah me. that's the extra to it yeah because when you think about like portland yes it's an urban city like technically but it's it's a very white city like it's not yeah. very racially diverse so i think it's really interesting that even in the videos that i see um it's there are black people present of course but most of the people that i see getting arrested or getting attacked are still white people most of the moms are like middle-aged white women and it's just like i think that blows my mind that i thought that that would be like the turning point like people who are you know kind of conservative or whatever your views are i feel like seeing that for them because sometimes it doesn't for people like that it doesn't 
matter if it's not happening to somebody that looks like them you know mm-hmm. yeah but actually seeing it happen to somebody that looks like them that since they think they're in this like position where that type of thing just doesn't happen to them I'm thinking maybe this will be like the turning point but it seems like people still like don't care and I don't understand I don't understand how people can justify using that much excessive force on anybody but especially with the evidence now it's like I'm just Portland's I'm just keeping my eye on Portland honestly I'm just watching it's interesting the Pacific Northwest is a very whitewashed area and it is um it's really cool to see I mean basically just what you were saying like it's nice to see diversity among the diverse faces who are protesting for change like it's nice to to see these people using their white privilege to kind of you know raise a voice raise a fist and uh make some change happen yeah I I think it's so fascinating that we get to be in our 20s at this point in time because we grew up in a very different world where this would this is so unimaginable and we're going to be able to watch the next generation in our 40s when they're in their 20s we're going to be able to watch them kind of live out the aftermath like we'll be living it with them obviously but at a much different age with a much different way and like going forward like your sister for our sisters both of them like the, like all all of them all like they will they will they will all be in their 20s at such an interesting point like 10 years from now that's so insane what will 10 years from now look like with all of this rioting that'll be a whole presidential term away that'll possibly be two yeah. presidential terms away like that's eight years of the 10 so it's like i don't know i i'm really curious but you gotta think about that generation has been through like so, so much. much like between having like i had active shooter drills when i was in school but i only feel like i went through that in high school i don't remember doing that in middle school I don't remember doing that any younger my sister has had active shooter drills every it's literally since like preschool yeah um and she's about to go to middle school now she's about to go to school during a pandemic um they're going online most of the time but she still has to figure out how to do that as a new kid um i mean like it's just so much stuff that they're going through like i can't imagine how high school is gonna be it's just i don't know it's just a lot with this younger generation that they're gonna have to adjust to well, see, I grew up in Blacksburg, Virginia, so I grew up with a uncle who was, he was the second officer on the scene for the um, tech shootings. My math tutor died in the tech shootings. And then mm-hmm. there was also a prisoner who had gotten out uh, like a year before. Like, so I've kind of, I've always been in lockdown situations with school. Um, we also experienced, we didn't experience our generation. I mean, I personally didn't, don't remember 9-11. I remember the panic around me and I've pinpointed based off of just like really focusing like, oh, that was the day that 9-11 happened because this is what mm-hmm. happened around me type of thing. Um, but like, yeah, they've, they've, they've been through so much. Like they, like Columbine was like a, a horror story to us. Columbine to them is like, it's, this yes, could today. very real some point during your school career it was far enough away from us that american horror story could take their own spin on columbine now if they did it it would be an immensely poor taste and triggering and like it would be not good at all like you know like so it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot closer to home for them than ever was for us 
but I mean, stand I stand by what I said. Like they're gonna, they're whatever they have coming around the corner is gonna be so interesting because they have been prepared for so much. But it seems like it is such a weird time of change because you have this like generation of TikTokers, but not all of them are woke. A lot of TikTokers are Trump supporters. A lot of TikTokers are like anti-Semitic or like a lot. Like you know what I mean? Like they're just like there's there are just as many loud um negative vibes if you will on the younger generation's wavelength that there is positive no different Mm -hmm. than now i guess but it's just interesting because they have a lot of tools at their disposal that we didn't necessarily growing up and it's interesting because they have the internet right so they have a chance of perspective at broadening their horizons so to grow up racist and remain racist because that's what you were exposed to is no longer the only excuse at this point they're kind of choosing it by choosing the content mm-hmm. and stuff um choosing what they're streaming choosing what they're listening to what they're sharing what they're saying and they're all doing it at such a young age at such a rapid rate that this blueprint for them is never really going to fade so it's going to make it really hard for them to change i think i don't know i kind of went on rant there but like i i i'm just really interested to see what the next generation of people specifically young women is going to be like oh yeah it's gonna be oh because i will say the one thing about gen z or whatever is that they're very they have no problem kind of being confrontational when it comes to like their beliefs like yes some of them are afraid to send back their order when it's wrong you know they'll sit there yeah but you know when you know they're grandparents are saying something racist they you know feel very confident to stand up and like be like what you're saying is wrong like shut up yeah <laughs> and so I do admire that about them so it's just it's just a lot because they've just been that generation specifically has just been through so much and it's going going to go through so much more do you feel like you have your age following what would you say that that is that follows me. Yeah, uh, I think I'm like I think I'm like eighteen to like late twenties, like twenty nine, thirties. I think I have some people in the thirties that follow me. Okay, but definitely women, mostly women, mostly women. We love that. We love collaboration of a competition. Um, <laughs> I I would say mine is about eighteen to twenty four. Um, mm-hmm. that I know of. I actually haven't like ton- done a poll or anything like that, but it's also mostly women. I want to know what the younger kids are like into, but I don't want to try to investigate it and be that person who's like, what's hip? Like, I don't want to be Drew Barrymore and never been kissed. Like, I want to, like, but I do really want to know like what they're thinking, but I feel like it's so hard to have an introspective with somebody younger than me because I worry I often come across as like condescending the way that mm-hmm. I feel like people our age came across to me when I was that age you know oh, I never thought about that yeah oh, you God. gotta have perspective bruh but honestly TikTok is like I know I'm not supposed to be on TikTok technically or whatever but and black people are supposed to, supposed to be boycotting TikTok according to Twitter but honestly I don't really see a reason to boycott because I, I honestly everybody I follow on TikTok is like black so <laughs> my whole for you page is like black kids so I don't really see a reason with it but anyway I feel like you should follow um just hang out on TikTok more and it'll 
it'll definitely open your eyes to what the kids are doing. I went through a really heavy TikTok phase, but my TikTok became witch talk really quickly. And oh, I that makes sense. Have... <laughs> <laughs> my for you page was just like, if you're seeing this, this reading is for you. And then it's like information on crystals and like jars and like, la la la, I love it. But I stopped. I got turned off from TikTok because of, um, I don't know if you saw the baby witch uprising thing that was going on Twitter. Like this was during mm. your surgery week and they were like, some baby witches got on there and they like hex the moon or something. I don't know. I was just like, I need to take a step away from witch talk. I can't. And so, and I had been not watching them also. Cause I was just like, this feels weird to me for some reason, but yeah, I did see. Cause I get a couple, I get a couple of like TikToks like that on my for you page. And it literally went from some baby witches hex the moon. And th- literally this one girl was like crying about it. <laughs> um and then like I kept scrolling a little bit and somebody was like nobody hexed the moon it was just some people saying they hexed the moon so to get a bunch of y'all to just say that you felt like Artemis was not talking to you anymore so you can expose yourself as a fake witch and I was like oh my gosh there was there's so there's mad tea in the spiritual like, community oh, they got y'all they got y'all <laughs> yeah I, I didn't even, I was literally like, I don't want anything to do with any of it. I don't, my deity selection is like TBD type of thing. And I would love to like have a day where we're like more in depth about like your spirituality and picking that, picking, for me, I think you need to pick what's best for you. I don't think you should just do whatever True. you hold. Um, for me, I grew up in a family that religion was very much, it was it was used as a punishment for me. However, my sisters, they don't have it that way. Like it was a choice. Their, their choosing of Christianity was very much a choice. For me, it was like, you've been bad. We're going to go to church this Sunday and we're going to go to the, the 9 a.m. to that 5 p.m. baby. We're mm-hmm. like, and I was like, oh, Baptist, no. So like for me, <laughs> I was like conditioned to like feel some type of way about it. But I found my spirituality through just kind of like an open-ended spirituality. I've always asked questions about um things so much so like i remember in the third grade asking my teacher if god made us who made god and like i don't know why i had that question but like Mm. i like to ask questions so i I think that it's really cool that people are we are in the age of aquarius in which that means to to keep it simple like we're in a time where people are going to be a lot more open to self-expression and self-exploration um, I actually just like before we did this, I I've had some car troubles like over the last uh, 24 hours. My car actually overheated while I was on, I'm a nanny um, for those of you who don't know. But I was on my way to the pool with uh, my like my nanny family and my car overheated and I had to pull over and like it was just bad. Anyways, make a long story short, I checked my car. It's not leaking, but I've been paying for an oil service uh, religiously through this one company. They did not top off my coolant the last time I was there. So, like, I had no coolant in my car whatsoever in the middle of the end of July entering August. So, no wonder my car was about to explode. Um, But that was my day, and I followed it with, like, hey, like, I just need, like, I need an hour after I finally got everything I needed for my car. I was like, I need an hour to, like, just unwind. I'm going to do a card reading. And my roommates, like, sat with me for an hour, and we just, like, talked and, like, had, like, a deep introspective conversation and i think that that it's so interesting to me because like i know that's what we're literally doing as a podcast we're talking about how we feel and think about the world but it's Mm -hmm. so nice to be able to be in an environment where it's like oh like 
these cards told me this this is how i feel based off of these cards and it kind of unopen it opens up a bunch of doors and avenues of things that i don't think i could usually say to people without that guide if that makes any sense it's a very yeah. it's a very meditative thing but that's what i've been up to i forgot that i was supposed to let you know but yeah just writing and introspective reading i suppose yes we love why introspective you, why, queen i should have read your uh cards while you were here i did not do that my bad oh my gosh yes i, know. I don't know the cards ever since um i got that reading the one time and she told me yeah your guides aren't talking to me they say you already know what you need to do so here's your money back i was kind of like dang well ever since then i haven't gotten any type of reading or even really touched my cards she's she's incredibly talented so when i heard that story i was like oh my god like i was very intrigued by that i was like i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because she was kind of like well i'm pretty sure it's a good thing they're kind of just saying like you know you know there's nothing you need to know basically things have been really great since (laughs) that too though like for you career wise and move wise and all that um yeah i guess i don't know i guess i'm i feel like sometimes you don't need to know everything yeah definitely and I feel like sometimes people rely on if they're not really deeply spiritual I feel like sometimes they look to getting readings and getting deep into like astrology and like tarot cards kind of as a way to figure out like what's next without necessarily doing the work it's a form of escapism for some, for sure. It's like, yeah. oh, like, I don't have an identity. I don't have a personality. Let me find something to throw myself. I personally have seen such a change in myself over the last year of, like, taking myself seriously as a spiritual human being. And, like, mm-hmm. I've seen growth and change. Like, I manifested a job for myself. Like, I this job position was not available and then I was like, I want that job. And I made it. Like, I don't know. It's just so yes. it's just so interesting. Like, the power that can be in it when you have your heart and your intention in the right direction. And it's it's definitely interesting that you say that. But, like, some people do. They take it really literally. And they take it very... You have to... Like, there's this thing with, like, people who go to Hawaii. They recommend that you bring something with you to leave on the island as, like, an offering it's mm-hmm. like it's a give and take aspect of a communication with your higher self like you can't just take 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 eventually a well's going to run out if you're not filling it up yourself and i think people really do forget that on their journey of spiritualism i certainly do often especially when i find someone who's like doing it as well oh my god my incense is catching on fire hold on oh what <laughs> oh my god okay um, I find that like when I find somebody who's like a kindred spirit, I kind of like suck that dry almost because I'm like, oh my god, let's talk about you. I mean, you know how I get when I get very like passionate about things and <laughs> very yeah. like I am right now. But like it's just like I don't know. I think it's just really it's good to know boundaries. It's good to know yourself. And I think that if you're doing it properly, at least for me and my experiences so far you are very mindful of those two things boundaries and where you currently are um i don't know i i like that we're doing this because i also feel like it keeps 
me personally aligned with my goals doing this like i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing my 365 poetry thing without the combination of gallery girl and spiritualism yeah and if you haven't checked those poems out um you need to right now you need to just go ahead <laughs> and go ahead and plug your instagram real quick so you um everybody can view the art oh, yeah. that's up right now um it's uh at crabshell c-r-a-b-c-h-e-l-e i literally only post poetry now which is what i should have been doing but i think tonight will be day slash night 18 i think 18 or 17 so when you hear it by the time you hear it it'll be 20 or 21 um but yeah i'm really i like it a lot honestly i've gotten a lot of like really good feedback this is the beginning tyler and i were talking about this before we started recording like she's at this part where like she's been putting in the work and watering the seed and like she's starting to see kind of the she's reaping what the reward the very early the first little baby carrot of her garden is like <laughs> is out and about and like I just sort of am planting the seeds and like kind of you know tilling at the land um but it's really interesting to I've made a couple of friends already um within the spiritual community who are also poets and writers and just yes. creatives it's really really nice it's very I didn't know I needed that kind of medicine for myself but it's cool Yes, we love to see it. I think we should do a whole episode on our respective creative journeys. Because yeah. I've like I've never really talked about it from like start to finish. Well, I have like once or twice in interviews when um, I didn't really know how to talk about myself, so I didn't explain everything properly. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be a good episode for us to do one day. I don't think I've ever talked about it. I don't know how to. I don't know. I, I talk too much. But, I mean, when you're doing a podcast, is that really a thing? I don't it's know. It's like, that's literally why we're doing <laughs> we, it. My, yeah. my incense just caught on fire again. What is happening? All right. Maybe I'm just dying. Do you need to readjust? need to readjust. Oof. Ugh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> okay, maybe oh, I'm not goodness. good. Wow. <laughs> um. I want to know though okay so we used to do this and you brought it up and I'm so glad that you you caught it and that you like brought it to my attention when we first started this which was not that long ago we were talking about like what inspired us like I I feel like we've kind of lost base on that what what's inspiring you right now oh what's inspiring me right now is um I have been trying to make like a routine and I've been getting inspiration from the routine, if that makes sense. Like, it's hard to separate, like, things that I'm doing, that I'm creating for work. Like, even the things that I create for Gallery Girl. Like, it's still work, even though it's fun um, to make. And then things that I'm just making purely, like, for myself. So I started, like, this little sketchbook where I sketch in every morning when I wake up. It literally doesn't matter what it is. I just sketch in it and I don't post anything in the book I do not take any pictures of it I don't let anybody look at it it's just it just exists in the book and you know if I want to redraw it and turn it into a painting or something I will so I've just been doing that trying to not focus so much on because I subconsciously subconsciously worry about like oh if I posted this would anybody like it like how many likes do I think I would get would I post it on Twitter or Instagram would this be better on Twitter or do better on Instagram and so I don't want to feel like that every time that I go and create something so I've been trying to just create for me more 
every day. I had no idea that that's what you were doing. And I had no idea that that's what you were going to say your inspiration was. But I've literally been doing the same thing. Shut up. I'm so serious. I've been like writing every morning. I get up and I write. I pull at least. I mean, like I let the cards actually fall out. Usually it's between three and five. I've noticed. But I've started doing kind of like I've gotten back to not bullet journaling, but like something close to it where like I will pull the cards. I will write about whatever I dreamt about that night. I'll pull the cards, I'll read them, you know, read through like the meanings and stuff. Even if I know them, I make sure I read them. And then I do a reflective free write of like two to three pages of what the cards mean to me, what my dream meant to me, what I want to do with the day's energy. And like, I end up writing about a line or two of a poem. I don't use those poems though to post for my daily poems. Mm -hmm. But I've been doing that for like the last week or so. That's so crazy that you've been like doing your like equivalent of that. I did not. That's awesome. I love that. But you that. know what? You know what that's from, right? That's from yeah, the artist the way. The artist like, way. But like, I haven't. I didn't uh, even. I, honestly, I did not even put that together until literally just this. Wow. Second. We gotta have a whole episode about artist way because the way that we got in contact do. with that book. That's crazy. Is a story on its own. If you do not know, if you're a creative person in any field, like at all, honestly, even if you're a professional, I feel like you should read The Artist Way too. But um, especially if you're in any, if you're in college or anything like that, I feel it could be really helpful. Basically, it is this book that is written. I cannot remember her name right now, but I will make sure. I'll look that up later. And it's like... Julia Cameron. My bookshelf is right beside me. Julia Cameron. Oh my gosh. This book is really good. It teaches you how to um, like journal properly and how to get in touch with like your inner creative self. But it's not like really corny. And it is kind of spiritual. Like she mentions God, but it's not preachy, um, which I really appreciate. So... I don't know if you're interested in something like that if you're in any type of like rut or artist block or you're kind of feel like you don't really know where you're going with your life right now I I recommend reading that book and journaling along with it and doing all the artists artist dates and stuff I've started and stopped that book so many times but I'm the farthest that I've ever been like to completing the whole the whole book really so yeah because I what I usually do is I'll start it and I get to week three and then I stop journaling or like something happens and you know so I start over each time but I think this time I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna finish it so (laughs) I probably will like I I think that's something you have to like get to you know what I mean like you have to become you have to level up to that headspace right now I'm so excited about the way that I've been journaling and the way I've been like doing a layout of it that like the idea of breaking that tradition seems wrong also i've been getting every time i do cards i get something about return to journaling you need to start writing you're being urged to do this that so i I, it's so cool that like energies align so it's like now you suddenly have the space to be able to finish the artist way and now i suddenly have the space to be able to kind of get up before 6 (laughs) a.m because that's when i do it is like the mornings but like that's that's awesome i'm so proud of us i'm proud of you good job Oh, thanks. You know, just out here thriving. Yeah, thriving. Not just surviving, but thriving. I love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, before we head out, speaking of thriving and not just surviving, Meg, let's talk about that. Please. She got I have been dying both... to talk about this. Feet. Both feet and they made her walk away like she was the criminal. That's so wild to me. 
everything about this story really just makes my heart hurt even though um she has not specifically said that Tory Lanez has shot her let's just get that out there I'm going to assume that it was him so yeah so and I feel like what got me was the Instagram live that she went on because I got the notification like while I was on bed rest so obviously I like clicked on it I normally do not participate in the Instagram lives because it's kind of like boring it makes me feel like I'm on FaceTime but like I can't say anything back so like I don't know it just makes me feel weird so like I actually did watch that one from like start to finish when I got the notification and it was like really obvious that this is like she's had a really hard year but you can tell that this is something that she's not able to just like process and just be like oh you know I'm gonna heal I'm gonna go back to making music and do my thing like it's really it's still like fresh to her you know what I mean yeah and it's still I don't know and then having her having to go online and see all these people who claim to be you know her friend and you know Meg has been everybody's favorite female rapper for a while now and then all of a sudden these they're the same people that were rooting for you are laughing at the fact that you got shot like I just I just can't and then people have the nerve on Twitter to say to try to justify her being shot trying to say that she was is a man or she's transsexual and that's why um, Tori found out and that's why she got shot and somehow they're making the conclusion that she deserved it and there's just so much to unpack with that situation I just I just really feel for her like I could not uh, I just could not imagine yeah I definitely don't even know what I would do if I had her year like she's truly built different for real we knew from the knees but now we see it (laughs) other ways like she's 100% not of not of us like I personally couldn't do all the things that she's been through and like people are like oh she just got shot in the foot well have you ever been shot have you and it ain't no just when you're a performer Ugh. like she makes her money from performing and dancing like yeah she makes great music but that's where the money's at like yeah I I don't know the the audacity is never slim it isn't yeah it just really shows how much how little people actually value women like at the end of the day yeah they can say all they want to say but when their actions are so louder exactly they can say they enjoy you know they support megan and they're rooting for her but at the same time you know if something was to really bad happen you know they're gonna make their jokes they're gonna you know laugh about it and I saw, even saw people like taking up for Tori, like kind of say, "Well, we should wait for his side." Um, Why? No, fucking no. no, I'm not waiting for this side because you know what? You know, I realized with these celebrities, they will let things that are true. They'll they won't say anything about those things, but the things that aren't true, the things that <laughs> the things that aren't true that they feel like are actually hurting their reputation, they'll speak out and be like, "Hey, this isn't true," yeah. or "This is a lie." This yeah. is whatever whatever they'll they'll speak up and have a whole freaking tweet rant uh, uh i message like they'll have that nice conference. little they'll have that notepad uh screenshot ready to go like i appreciate the fan feedback and i've taken time to reflect however <laughs> i feel it's important <laughs> like all right thank you oh god yeah that's all that's all i need to know like especially the, the fact okay i just want to know 
what Kylie Jenner's involvement in is because that family, that family is interesting. I would things always go bad with that family. When the Jenner, when the Jenner Kardashians get involved, West Empires fall. Okay, like I would like to talk about the fact that Kanye is apparently what what I also kind of feel bad. It makes me so sad. It makes me sad because I'm like, damn, what's wrong? Like, he, I feel like it's a little get outy, but then I'm also like, damn, like you told the whole world your daughter was almost aborted. And that's, that's, oh, I just don't understand. Because the thing I don't understand about Kim and Kanye is everybody knows that Kanye's mental health and obviously how he started moving differently once his mother passed away. It was visible to everybody. Like, we could tell that was not the same Kanye that was telling everybody that George Bush does not care about black people. Like, (laughs) it was something off. And I feel like their Kardashians kind of encourage that behavior when it benefits them. Yeah. So when Kanye was talking about running for president and, you know, that helps Kim Kardashian brand to be first lady, she's endorsing it. She's retweeting his tweets. She's putting little emojis under there. But when he started bringing up her and all the stuff they went through with North, he's telling everybody that he almost decided to abort North, crying on stage um, about how he almost killed his own daughter, saying that he doesn't want his daughter to do any of the things that (laughs) that Kim did, doesn't want his daughter to do Playboy, and he feels that Kris Jenner is getting her ready to do things like that. And I was just like, that's when they spoke up. And they were like, hey, we're trying to, you know, help Kanye right now. He's going through a lot and blah, blah, blah. That's when she put out her little press statement. And I was, it just, it just blows my mind. It just really, because you know, all of this is going to be on the show. It's going to be on the reality show. Yeah, that's, they need to stop. They need to stop keeping up with the Kardashians, honestly, because like, it's just, it's not worth it. And they... They've been doing it for so long. I feel like the end is nigh as far as that show goes. I think that everyone's kind of done. I think the only one who still wants to participate is Chris, really. Yeah. Because so. even poor Chloe, her whole... She just could have take, taken that L in private, but yeah. now... <laughs> we all know. I don't know. Yeah. It just... It kind of... It made me sad when I saw... I saw the pictures of them. They met up in a Wendy's parking lot. And, like, you can see the moment of them, like, having this talk. And, like, he... you. I, I personally know from my own situationships on a smaller scale, obviously, and then also witnessing things just like you can see the pain in Kim and she's like yelling at him and like talking about how like he hurt her with his words, his actions. And I think that there's like, I genuinely, I was a keeping up with a Kardashian kid at one point. Like I watched that show and mm-hmm. I remember when Kanye West came into the scene and I was like, shit, Kanye West is trying to fuck Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I'm like, I remember being like, oh man, she curved him. That's crazy. And like how they were genuinely best friends. Like they, and then when they got together, I was like actually low-key happy. I was one of the few who was like, all right, I'm here for this. And then I was like, oh no, 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 no. But I genuinely think for some reason that there is a relationship there. I'm, I'm one, I'm of the thought of mind of they have a genuine connection for each other, but Kim Kardashian does not have a genuine soul and I think that that kind of I'm not even trying to- I know I know it's not but it's the way that she acts because honestly you think about it Kim Kardashian has made enough money to never do another brand deal to never promote 
another Fashion Nova post or anything like that, but I mean, she still does it. Like, she still. And she does it. She says, like, oh, I'm like freeing all these people, but it's also like, okay, but like, you're freeing the nipple too. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Let me not. Let me not dive into Kim Kardashian. What I'm trying to say is, I think it's really interesting that the conversation has become about mental health when convenient and about race oh, yeah. when convenient. And. I hate that the Kardashians are in charge of when mental health is allowed to be publicized. Like her just now talking about her husband of what, five years having bipolar disorder. You've never publicly said that before. And now you're like, mm, it's about that time, I guess. Here's the big card I've been holding on to. Mm-hmm. It's like, now that he's staying, saying stuff that she doesn't like, you know, yeah. he's like, crazy. Okay. Well, you know, he does, he is bipolar. Like uh-huh. I think, obviously I think, um, Kanye West is a legend. I love so much of his music and to see him go through this is really, it's really hard on me as a fan. And like, I really hope that he's able to find help, whether he's getting it from his family or for somewhere else that he's able to feel like comfortable and that he doesn't feel attacked. Cause like even his tweets now make it seem like, you know, Kim's trying to drive him off to the asylum and put him in a straight jacket and never let him out again but that could just be what he's going through see there's so much is because we're getting everything pretty much from kanye's perspective like we are not obviously are not in the kardashians everyday lives and there's nobody else in the family that's saying anything about it either so right it's just so it's just so weird because Kanye's on Twitter like posting screenshots of him texting Chris like saying are you ready to talk to me now are you ready to stop ignoring me like why would you be ignoring somebody that's having a mental breakdown shouldn't you yeah. be trying to get like I'm so <laughs> interested about this whole thing especially because he's been pretty quiet and private up until now him deciding to run for president it sounds like a, just a ma- like the loudest cry for help Possibly. Yeah. <sighs> so pray for Meg Thee Stallion and pray for Kanye too Ugh. while you're at it. And my investment in Kanye is strictly because I mean, like, he definitely said that slavery was a choice and I'll never get past that. Um, and then he talked about Harriet Tubman not really <laughs> free. I was like, shut up. Shut uh, up. <laughs> my investment in Kanye West is his mental health. That is, that is, that yeah. is where I'm at because, yeah. Anyways, um, pray, pray for them. Pray for us. Pray for yourself love yourself think about yourself a little bit more maybe not in a narcissistic way but about how you carry yourself way um just just putting that out there pray for tyla i know she's recovered but like let's pray keeps up no more thank you thank you always appreciate prayers you know yeah. never gonna turn that down thoughts and prayers your way thank you you're welcome um <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm excited to talk to you more within the hour, but also next week. Um, I know we have some stuff in the works for GDR. I'm very excited. I love being able to be like, we have some stuff on the way, like giving them a little like, te- that's nice. I like being, I like being a tease, apparently. Oh, um, mm. you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I hope everyone's safe and has a great week and wear a mask. And if you see someone not wearing a mask, scream in their face. Um, through your mask to wear a mask and uh, protect yourself and love yourself. So, yeah. Period. Period. All right. Love you guys. So glad I'm back. 
Yeah, welcome back. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in for a Gallery Girl Radio Frequency. If you're looking for more Gallery Girl goodness and all things creative, check out our Instagram at Gallery Girl Radio for updates and original content. Until then, keep checking back for more episodes.